Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. I want to talk to you today about uh, the presence of God. There is a move of repentance. There is a move of repentance. Before the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit, who is the representation on earth of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells us, dwells amongst us. The Holy Spirit lives inside every single born again, surrendered believer to Christ. They become born of water, born of the Spirit of God. They are filled with Christ. Very important for us. And there are a number of things, ways I want to keep to my notes a little bit and just memorize what I've got there and yet go with the Holy Spirit at the same time. Um, there, there are two things. When Hezekiah... When Hezekiah back in Jerusalem began to, uh, there was, they call it the Hezekiah revival. Really, it was a revival of giving. It was a vo- revival of worship. And I might bring this out at the conference, but what happened was, is he cleaned the temple. The temple had been taken over by Babylonian and all sorts of stuff. It was just a mess. Jerusalem was an absolute mess. It's been conquered many, many times. It's the most sought-after, most contended real estate in the world. So, so anyway, so Hezekiah comes in on the scene, and he begins to, what he does is this, he, he begins to clean out the temple. And that's important. He's cleaning, it's a picture. It's a picture of our heart. He cleans out the temple. Number two, he then began to restore worship. Jesus forecast that many, many years later into the New Testament. What does he do? He creates a cord or a whip. He goes into the temple and begins to get rid of all the thieves and uh, people just trying to make money and, and all this. And he gets rid of it. He cleanses the temple. Then what happens? Immediately the next verse tells us, then the sick came, those who were paralyzed came, and they were healed. The, we've got to understand these are pictures. These are types. These are analogies. What it is is this God is cleaning up the church. He is cleaning up the church first. He's cleaning your life. So he's speaking to you about an area. He's got his finger upon your life about control, about pride, about rejection, about insecurity, about comparisons, maybe about it's an attitude, maybe about it's about an offense. Uh, it could be greed. It could be anything, but the Holy Spirit knows. And we can think we're sitting pretty at times, but when the Holy Spirit shines His light upon us, we realize, oh my goodness, I'm a wretched person and I'm undone before the Lord. Uh, now, some of, uh, so let me go down that way. Um, and it's a bit like a sheep, remember? A sheep looks white until you put it up against snow. And then you realize, we, we can think, oh, we're doing so well. And then the Holy Spirit begins to say, oh, you've got pride, Jonathan, or you've got an attitude uh, or a, you know, something. And so he begins to speak to us. Now, when we understand from Scripture, there are, we can actually offend, we can quench, and we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason why we need the Holy Spirit is we cannot do spiritual life outside of Him. It's impossible. It's impossible. You cannot overcome sin. You can get uh, personal betterment and say no to alcohol and go through sessions and that, but essentially it doesn't deal with the pain in our life. It doesn't deal with the awkwardness, the insecurity, or the grief, or the disappointment. It doesn't deal with the addictions necessarily. We need the power of Jesus Christ. 
you and I need to open up to the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to challenge you a little bit this morning. Uh, I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to go too hard. I, you know, I want a nice message. And because sometimes I feel like I, I give it to you. But, I, you know, honestly, if we can't worship the Lord in dance and in freedom and whistles and hands raised up, we're bound. Pretty much. You say, well, that's, that's not my personality. Bound. When the Spirit of the Lord comes, there is freedom. Inhibitions go. The awkwardness, the self-consciousness, oh, the feeling awkward. If I cannot bow in front of another person and get on my knees because I'm more, kind of feel a bit awkward and we make an excuse, our knees are sore, then I suggest just lie down. Put your hands up towards heaven and say, God, get hold of me. So what's happened is this. I was in a meeting in New Zealand and Christchurch. And you know what happened? This woman had come from America and she'd come over here and she had... Um, she, she was ministering in the things of the Spirit. Natasha and I were going to uh, the Baptist. It was a Pentecostal church uh, there. Uh, it was a Redwood Baptist and that. And back in those days, and we'd heard this, and then we decided we would go to this meeting. And she said something, because she's moved in the Holy Spirit very, very powerfully. She actually helped pioneer the move of the Spirit a few, about 30 years ago in New Zealand. And she said, what has happened in the church? She said, church has gone on. We have left the Holy Spirit aside and we've continued to work and do stuff. And she said, the Holy Spirit has been left and relegated to a little room out the back. When she said that, Natasha and I were supernaturally, uh, I could have received it with my mind and thought, well, that's interesting. But supernaturally, if you understand, God bypassed us and went straight to our spirit and I broke, I wept, I got on my knees, and I howled with incredible deep grief. That was God showing me. I felt the emotions. I felt, I felt the grief of the Lord, how we have done church, and we've kept the Holy Spirit out, how we've grieved the Holy Spirit, how we've been insensitive to Him, how we've joked about the Holy Spirit, how we've joked about the things of God, how we try and play the field somewhat. Uh, Christian in name only, but in practice behind the scenes. We're nothing like it. Well, we've got dust on our Bibles. There's no desire, no passion for the things of God. We don't bring the holy offering in before the Lord. We don't. Stink with our tithing, stink with our gratitude, stink with our love, stink in our prayer life. We don't have that private thing with the Lord, all these things. But, but the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Ghost and the healings and the miracles, that, that sort of thing thrives in the world. We've shut down the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk to you about dealing. We've talked about the last few weeks about breaking up the fellow ground because our hearts at times, and I see it in people's eyes, is often callous. It's often hard. It's like a granite. It's like this thing. And it, well, you, you've been, you have two natures if you're a Christian. You have the nature of the flesh which is basically selfishness, self-seeking, proud, arrogant, oity-toity. It's in there, and it seeks control. It seeks dominance. And then you have the Spirit of God inside of you that wars against that. So our opening scripture, if you're writing notes, is Galatians 5, 3, 16. I'd love you to be able to learn that scripture. It was one of the first scriptures I sought to learn, Galatians 5, 16. Paul writes, 
And he says this, this I say then. Walk. Can you say that this morning? Walk. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, the appetites, the impulses. Right there is our key. If I said to you after the baptism, uh, this afternoon I think it's 12 or 13 people being baptized, good. After it, Natasha and I are going to go for a walk down the beach. In your mind, you would think that Natasha and Jonathan are going to commune and talk and spend some time together, wouldn't you? Huh? Or, or do you walk with your wife and you're absolute cold stone silent? You would think if I said, oh, let's go for a walk down the beach. I'm wanting communion. I'm wanting to talk. I'm not just wanting the exercise. But that's what it's so. So I'm going to rephrase the scripture somewhat. If this I say then, walk in the Holy Spirit. It's not some mystical cloud. We're talking about the third person of the Trinity. We're talking about a Him, the Holy Spirit, Father Jesus. The Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. It looks like when God said, let there be light, the Holy Spirit went forth and brought forth the light. Uh, the Proverbs where it talks about, I was in the beginning forming and creating. Wisdom was me. It's talking about the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you this, if you have the Holy Spirit alive and well inside of you, you'll have a gift of wisdom. It may not be the governing gift of wisdom that Corinthian talks about, but you'll just know what to do. The next thing is you'll have a discernment. I'm sick of Christians that are lacking discernment. Just like, come on, can't you see that's wrong? Or can't you see that's inappropriate? Can't you got mixed up into something? Can't you see it? Because the Word of God says in the, in the book of Hebrews, it says, for solid meat is for the mature. The Bible solid meat. It's a picture, solid meat. For those who, through constant use, can determine the difference between right and wrong. The scripture that I learned for solid meat is for the mature, who through constant use can distinguish between right and wrong. And it's kind of like there's, there's so much uh, uh, confusion around minds and we're involved with this and involved with that dead work and involved with this, but there needs to be a wisdom born from heaven. And I believe it's inherent when you have the Holy Spirit alive inside your life. There's a witness that this is good. There's a witness that this is wrong. And discernment, the discerning of spirits. And so, so that's the first scripture. Walk in Him. Let's go back with that. What it's saying is this. If you walk in communion with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get caught up in sin. You can have, honestly, I have counseled so many people over the years. And they say one hour of counseling is equivalent to eight hours stress of manual labor. That's what they say. And I have not seen the repentance I have not seen that the, 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 the fertile heart that somebody that actually genuinely wants to change. And I've got to that stage, even with tithe people that say that they don't want to tithe, if that was your revelation, you'd have to prove that to me. But there's some people that come and pray for my marriage or pray for my finances. The first thing I say, well, are you giving to the Lord? Are you tithing? Oh, well, no, no. Well, listen, I can't help you. Let me explain it this way. When we violate God's principles and we ask for God's blessings, we need to get the principles right, okay? So we're asking for a blessing that's been held up in the heavenlies. We're asking for an open heaven that's, that's been closed. Why? Because we haven't positioned ourselves. 
God invites. He has to be invited into our life. And if we don't have much Holy Spirit, guess who moved? If we don't have much Holy Spirit around our life, it's we're the one that's grieved and quenched. And we can't blame God. Listen, God wanted Rarotonga to be saved years ago. He wanted churches to be planted around the world from here years ago. If it was up to God and God alone and He didn't partner with us, it would have happened yesterday. But no, the Lord actually works with us in spite of us, which is pretty amazing. The second scripture to know and here is found is this, Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, so you're born again, immediately you live by the Spirit. Let us also walk by the Spirit. Paul understood. He separated it out. He understood. You live by the Spirit in terms of you're born again. The Spirit of God indwells you. You're sealed with the Holy Ghost at conversion. He's inside you, forming Christ within you. And then he says, if that is the case, hey, guess what? Cooperate with that. Walk with it. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. Walk in the presence of God. There's a scripture that talks about fellowship and communing with the Holy Spirit. And, and the, the thing that concerns me is with, oh my gosh, it's actually really distressing. As a pastor and a minister, it's, it's really distressing. The amount of bondage, the amount of sin, the amount of carnality. Listen, you know what? I don't mind. I don't care who comes to church. Anybody and everybody can come to church. But please, if we're not going to live for Christ, Change your name. You know what I mean? Change the name. Don't say we're something that we're not. Change it and say, oh, well, you know, I'm a backslidden Christian or I'm seeking. I'm not there yet. I haven't quite crossed the line. I told us last week about what crosses the line. It's a heart that's 100%. It's a heart that's fertile soil that always produces 30 and 60 and 100 fold. Okay, so the first thing is this is we have to commit to walking in Him. And you could do that every single day. Number one, you get up in the morning, you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, good morning. I always hear the voice back, good morning, Jonathan. I always hear that. Good morning, Jonathan. I say, Lord, I love you. I love you too. What I'm doing, I'm committing my day unto the Lord. I'm walking with Him. I'm sensitizing, what do you think? How should I respond? The amount of times I've had the Lord speak to me and say, I just want you to praise me. And it's been a conflict, a, 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 a stressful or a challenge, not a conflict necessarily with people, but it's been, it's been different things. And the Lord has spoken to me very clearly and said, praise me or pray. The Holy Spirit, you see, uh, should we worship the Holy Spirit? Should we worship Jesus? The Holy Spirit's inside us to help us worship Jesus. But we've got to be open to Jesus. Look, there's no worshiping Jesus in your heart and soul if the Holy Ghost ain't there. It's so, it, you understand that? And that's why we find it so difficult because we, we haven't cooperated with Him. We haven't walked with Him. We haven't communed with Him. We haven't allowed Him. Some of us are nursing, are nursing deep, hidden spiritual roots that we've shut down. We've never conjured enough strength to actually say, Lord, change my heart. Because remember I said next week, last week, if we have a right heart, a good heart, the Word of God says a good heart, 
then the word of God comes and it produces fruit 30, 60. All you have to do, your responsibility is with Jesus, God, my heart, guard my heart, help my heart, change my heart. That's the prayer I pray. Lord, change my heart. Prayed it all this week. Lord, change my heart. Change the way I think. Change me. I want to love you so much. I want to obey you regardless. I don't want the reactions, the impulses, the appetites. I don't want to get caught up in wrong talk or wrong speech. Lord, help me to be righteous in every aspect of my life. Get up in the morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. How many of you would commit to do that this week? Awesome. Just honestly, He's there. He's there knocking. He's waiting. We're going to get the Holy Spirit relegated into the creche out there. We're going to open up those doors, and He's going to come out and live with us. Walking with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? He's walking within us. Walking the Spirit. He's inside us. He indwells us. We can say, come, Holy Spirit, come down from the heavens. Rend your hair. And actually, theologically, He's inside of us. Really, he's, he's already here. There's already an open heaven in terms of what Jesus did at the cross. But, it's, but, but we could be a closed heaven. And you could be a closed heaven. And I could be a closed heaven. And she could be a closed heaven. And he could be a closed heaven. And we're expecting God to move. And it's like the, the, the atmosphere's dry. But you could be an open heaven. And you could be an open. And you guys could be an open heaven. And they could be an open heaven. And together, then we praise God. It's electric. Somebody walks in, it's like, wow, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing. I got healed in that atmosphere. Or I got convicted of my sin. They said of Charles Finney so much. They said of Charles Finney, the power of God was anointing. Because Charles Finney was a lawyer. Very good arguments, great logic, and used to put people in corners. Got saved. After he got saved, he went out into the trees, the forest, and he prayed, God, fill me, fill me, fill me. The Holy Spirit came upon him. He goes out and begins to teach and preach. And they said of him, 80% of those people that came forward, 80%, never backslid. The best of Graham, Billy Graham is about 13%. Supposed to be the best evangelist. But 80%, Finney on revival, 80% stood still. And when he would preach, he would preach about repentance. And do you know what we do? I preach about repentance. And immediately the coffee machine goes on. Conversations about what we're doing this afternoon. We put music on rather than having the keyboard and laboring, allowing the Holy Spirit some time. Do you know what Finney said? He said this, when I say amen after my preaching, I don't want one person talking to another person. The conviction was so powerful upon hearts. People can knock you out of the presence of God. He said they would all go home quiet. Hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people would go home quiet. Nobody's saying anything and allow the Holy. And at night time, the Lord will be waking people up. On the way home in their chariot and their, uh, their wagons and stuff, the Holy Spirit would have, have husbands and wives repenting and crying. Isn't it amazing? But I think sometimes we've got to, we've got to actually change some things. We've got to just not just do church the way we've done it. We've got to allow him to take the reins of the church, take the reins of our marriage, take the reins of our businesses, take the reins of our giving, takes the reins of our attitude, takes the reins of who we are as a solo person and allow Jesus Christ and his glory to shine life through us to a broken world. That's what we need to be. Because this has to go somewhere. The move of the Holy Spirit has to go somewhere. It can't just be a, a nice meeting where we're on the floor laughing and more demons are cast out. We need all of that. 
Oh, do we what? It's got to go somebody. It's got to go. For you shall receive power after that. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. Power, 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 force, might, dynamo, miracle force. For you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the uttermost parts of the world. The reason the Holy Spirit is inside us, so we would commune with God. The reason why the Holy Spirit indwells us, so that it will help us to overcome sin and bondage. It will connect us to God. Old Testament, they were indirectly connected. New Testament, we have a hotline. The Holy Ghost comes upon us, the baptism of fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The reason why we have that is to empower us for service. Power us so that we would bold, be bold. Power us to, to be strengthened that we would pray. We hear terrible news coming through the door. One of our kids at school and terrible stuff. So we get up and we say, nevertheless, we shall not fear. We shall join together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bind that teacher. <laughs> or oh, whatever it is. Being there, done that. Change your teacher the next day. She was good as gold. It was amazing. Because some people carry demons in authority. That's a reality. Should we move on? We've got to get the discernment going. We've got to get the, the power of, of God in our lives. We've, Ezekiel 41, 9 and 12, there's a scripture in there that says, wherever the river flows, it brings life. Who's the river? Jesus, the Holy Spirit brings life. Wherever it flows, it brings life. It's not stagnant. It brings life. Revelation 21.1, the river of water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river of water of life. It's a water. It's the foundation. It's the fountain of life. Come. Come to the living waters. Come to the fountain of life. Then John 7, 38. He that believes in me out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. John 14, 16 and 17. And I pray that the Father and he will give you another helper. Another helper. Another one, Jesus was their help while he was on earth. Another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Wow, never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to be there with you. You can grieve him, but he's going to, going to be there. The spirit of truth that identifies who he is. Truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Well, can't receive him. Because it neither sees him and it doesn't know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be future inside you. John 7, 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. John 7, 39. Whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. You know, we have something amazing. We have stuff that David the psalmist didn't have. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Zephaniah, Daniel. Holy Spirit hovered around them. It's incredible. Okay, what do we do? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Every morning, make that commitment, would you? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Speak to me. Talk to me. Welcome Him with words. Welcome Him. The Holy Spirit will flourish in an atmosphere where He's welcome. You say, Lord, come. Come, Holy Spirit. That's how I speak. That's how I pray. Holy Spirit, thank you. I'm going to pray now. And uh, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Help me to, help me to pray.
energized me to pray. Speaking my tongues. The Bible says he that speaks in his tongues edifies himself. What tongues does is it actually sharpens you. It's an internal weapon. It's a tongue. The Bible says you speak in tongues. It edifies yourself. It builds you up. The Word of God says that tongues actually speaking in the language of tongues, miracle tongues or angelic tongues. You ready for this? What it does, it edifies you. It lifts you up. It lifts you up into a place of faith. It sensitizes you. Some great powerful evangelists speak in tongues for four or five hours a day before they would go on stage and see thousands of people in Christ. And all of a sudden, man, the Lord speaks to me. She's healed on the spot. Man, mister, the Lord speaks to me because they're so in tune. They're hearing from God. It's like the Lord is downloading information. Incredible. They come up. The front people are falling down in the power of God. Miracles are happening. And then non-Christians, you brought your family member that's been resistant, hasn't come to the dead and beaten old church for years, doesn't want to come, comes to one of those meetings, is, is overcome with the Spirit of God, and they weep and weep because he's in the house. He's in the house. I've written here, develop faith, positive speaking words. Get out of negativity. Don't agree with your husband, your wife that wants to complain, wants to get bitter, why they weren't used and why they've been overlooked at work and they want to want to put an angle on someone as they speak. It's just like a bitter angle. Get out of that conversation. Don't go into agreement. Restrain yourself. The Holy Spirit is 100% positive. He represents a kingdom of faith. He is faith. Refuse to complain about anything. Pull yourself up. Don't go down into a sinkhole of negativity. Still our hearts. Still it. Psalms 56.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Just be still. So you pray this. It's a quiet and hard. Sometimes uh, if you've got the heavy metal going on in the background and you've got the, uh, uh, the kids on the piano playing chopsticks, <laughs> And you've got all sorts of kids running out and that sort of stuff. Oh, my goodness. The idea is take away, go away, walk away, find a place of solace, find a place where you and him commune. God will make an appointment with you. If you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and you make that a habit pattern, God will put an appointment with you. Every 5 o'clock, he'll be there. 5 to 5, he'll be there. You miss it? Uh, it was Francis Frangipan. He was missing his quiet times, a lot of praying he was doing. And then a prophet said to him, he didn't tell anybody he was doing this special time of prayer. But he decided he got busy and doing other stuff. And the Lord, a guy rang him and said, um, Francis, the Holy Spirit spoke to me while I was praying and told me to tell you that he's missing you. Yeah. I mean, has God got feelings? Does God get grieved? The Bible says we can quench him. He's not an it. He's a person. A dove. You know, one time, Natasha and I at Rydell Street, I said, Lord, Holy Spirit, I want you to come. Uh, confirm to me that you're with me. Confirm to me. And do you know what? No word of a lie. A dove came and centered itself in the middle of the, our roof. I was out there saying, God, come. And all of a sudden, <laughs> sat there, perched. And I thought, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Bible refers to him as a dove. What are doves are flighty? Just like, they're not, they're kind of like, they can, you know, just like, they're not like uh, my dogs at home. You can make all sorts of a racket and they are stable and they are there. It doesn't matter what you do. Get the chainsaw out and Baxter's only about four feet, five feet away from me. Got the face like he's depressed, but he's just, it's like, what is going on, Baxter? You know, Baxter, back, Baxter, Baxter, uh, man to dog, man to dog. Uh, what's happening there? But it's just like non-compass mentors. But get a dove like that. It's a picture. 
like the lamb is a picture of gentle Jesus. Jesus comes as a lion, lion and the lamb. Behold the goodness and the severity, the seriousness of God. He splits both ways. He's coming back as savior for you. He's coming back on judge on the earth. The reason why a lamb is like this, because he said, take unto me. My yoke and easy, uh, my yoke, it's easy and light for you. He comforts the brokenhearted. He gives us, he gives us oil for mourning, doesn't he? And joy. The Bible says in Isaiah, he will not snuff out a bruised reed. God understands our pain. Now, here's the here's the here's the um Dion's on one side and he's got the, the pipe over here, and I've got the nice white pipe over here. And what he does, he fills it with water, and it's on an angle. We see the beautiful fresh water filling up the basin. That's how life is supposed to be in and out. Holy Spirit uninhibited. Oh, but now we get proud and arrogant and we think we're somebody and we get bitter and resentful with gossip or have this, you know, my ministry and me this and one, this and all. It's just like, whoa. It's not about Jonathan. You know what it's about, Jonathan? It's about dying a death. Dying out to my self-will, to my own pride, my selfish ambitions, my aspirations, my dreams what I do with my time, what I do with my talents. It's dying out and it's saying, God, I surrender all. And that way the Holy Spirit is able to flow through our lives freely, pure, crystal water. But you see what happens? We ask Dion, for example, in our pipe here that I know you can visualize so well, I ask you, put in some dirt and mud and put some cement and other stuff through. And it begins to do that. And all of a sudden the water is like a trickle. And it's like nothing's happening. And this is what, it's a picture of our life, if you like. Sometimes we allow our sins. And the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians and Ephesians, it talks about quenching and grieving. And we're always going to talk about this because it's such a big issue. Pastors can grieve the Holy Spirit when they talk about other pastors and ministries. But getting together a little unholy circle, critiquing people, but the spirit behind it is wrong. Being selfish, not even getting up and praying. Not even looking after the house of the Lord. How about your house inside? Cherish the Holy Spirit. We're going to host Him. Host the Holy Spirit. Uh, Hosting the Spirit of God would be like this. If I was going to be your host and you came to my house then I'm going to look after you. Look after your interests. What would you like to do? Here's the towels. Here's the bathroom. Here's a bed for you. There's a car if you want to go independent. We're just here to look after you. That's hosting somebody. When we host the Holy Spirit, it's the same thing. It's not about us doing our thing and tapping God onto it. No, it's about, Lord, what do you want me to do? Did you know, uh, we, you know a job promotion... Just because it's a job promotion, there's $10,000 more on it, it doesn't mean you go wicky with ego and jump up and say, thank you, Lord. Why don't you inquire? Why don't you ask the Lord? There are jobs that I have had that have been offered to me that have been great packages, but I've said no because I've really felt a check about it. I felt I did, it didn't grab my ego. It didn't grab my desire to have corporate elevation. No, it was a case of the Spirit of God. Is this you? Others say you should do it, and others are putting pressure on me. Family members saying you're mad not to do it. You're crazy. You're crazy. Don't want to speak to you anymore. We never went to university, but we gave you the money to get to university. All this sort of stuff, and it's pressure, 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 pressure. 
The Holy Spirit doesn't pressure. You know that? Do you know that the Holy Spirit doesn't pressure us like that? He speaks to us. He woos us. He draws us. He encourages us. He empowers us. And He begins to talk to us. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Some of us are bound. I know this. We're bound. And we don't see how much bondage we're actually in. But we're bound. And we've got to let Him in. We've got to pray the prayer, Father, help me. Help me. Some of us with the choleric temperament, and I've had to work through this self-governance. How I want it, where I want it, where I want it. And it's just like God comes to mess. You know, it's like you might be a person that's really disorderly and just all over the place and your bedrooms are shambles and just like, oh my goodness, and it's just going to the kitchen, it's oh, going to the garage, <laughs> going to the, their desk at work, <laughs> going to the, it's just like the, the, the one minute they're texting, they're on the phone and they're, and they're on the texting and then they're talking to somebody else and it's a heavy administration and they're doing something else, it's just, oh, just like, oh my goodness, God wants to bring order to that, some systems. And then there's others of us that just like to control, you know, we like to have this and routines and, and this is how we're going to do it. Everything's on a system. Sometimes God wants to come and mess that up. Seriously, mess that thing up. The reason why he wants to mess that up is because we are, it's an that there's an expression of how we are on the inside. Seriously, we love to have things our way. It's called control, control freaking. God wants to mess that up and break some things off us and have us a little bit more freer. Put some oil in those joints. Soften our hearts. Ask the Lord, Lord, soften my heart. That's a prayer that I pray constantly. I say, Lord, soften my heart. Soften it. Put compassion in my heart. Help me to love one another. Help me to love with impossible love. Because if I love, there won't be a criticism. There won't be gossip. There won't be shaming, making fun of. There won't be ridiculing. There won't be agreements with things. won't be undermining people's character. won't be suspicious. We shouldn't be suspicious about people's things like that. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us as an issue, but our own self, we need to determine the difference. The world is going to change because of the power of the presence of God coming through channels of compassion. Pray. Lord, soften my heart. Whoa. Help me to love you. Put in me a supernatural love for your word. Because right now it's dry, Lord, but put it in. Put the compassion for the Word of God. I love for the Word of God. Put a compassion in my heart for Rarotonga. We complain about the health system and this. Sometimes, it's, look, we're better off than Uganda, I think. No, I do. I actually think they've got a, I think they've got a, uh, they have big funding, big funding. Like, big. A lot of those countries, and it comes from multiple big super nations and that. But, you know, we can, we can, we can make fun of things and we can um, criticize work members and that sort of stuff. But what's our witness like? Sometimes it's just sometimes we look terrible. Don't you think like crab apple people bowling up to work on a Monday? Like you baptize in orange uh, in lemon juice, you know? That's <laughs> true. But it's supposed to be where's the joy of the Lord, man? <laughs> where where is the joy of the Lord? Where's just like the the the, the love and the compassion and it's just like where's it all gone? Dion's over here, and I'm over here. Thank you, Dion. And uh, what it is, it's, it's, it's like the joy of the Lord is our strength. Love, joy. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. If He's in there, there's love. If He's in there, there's joy. If He's in there, there's peace. There's a calmness. If He's in there, ready for this? Self-control. 
If he's in there, there's kindness. He's in there, there's a gentleness. He's in there, there's a perseverance. If the Holy Spirit's inside, there's a perseverance, the ability to keep on going, keep on going, keep on pushing through. Incredible. Soft heart. Amazing. Deal with the roots. Make a commitment. We're coming up to our conference. Make a commitment to say, God, help me and deal with me. That's a bold step. Some of us do not want to hear God's voice. The reason is because we're afraid he's going to ask us to do something we never wanted to do. He's afraid he's going to ask us and put his finger on some areas of our life that we've never wanted to revisit. It was too painful to visit. I don't want that pain coming up. I'd rather bury it and get on with life. I'm fine with that. But the Lord said it has retarded you. Seriously? Watch this. It's retarded you. It's held you back. It's made you into a person you were never supposed to be. It's made you scratchy, reactionary. It made you want to be in control and control people, control family members because you got bitter and you got hurt. And you're trying to cross your arms before the Lord and put your head down and headbutt him. God wants in. If you're going to make a difference to this generation and make a difference to your hereditary family line, you're going to have to say, God, come inside me. God, as hard as what it is, we have to face the music. I've had to face the music. Childhood issues, parental issues, being honest with people, offended them years ago. Had to be honest and put things right over time as the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. Breaking up the fellow ground, what happens is more grace, there's more power, more compassion, more anointing, and more, more, and more power that comes out. It's incredible. Create space. Some of us are way busy. We're too busy. I'd love to get your diary and burn it. You're way too busy. Throw that thing away. Start up afresh. No, you're too busy. Create space. How do you think divorces happen? I'll tell you one of the reasons divorces happen. Mum got too busy. Dad got too busy. The kids became idols in the home. Think about this. The children became idols in the home. They lost their intimacy. They just got on with life. The kids got older, and they were professional couples, and they drifted apart. They just drift apart. It happens in the church. It's a recipe. No, create space. Create some time for the Lord. That's why the Sabbath is important. If you say, I haven't got time for a Sabbath, change your job. <laughs> Change something. And don't react to what I'm saying. Think, oh, yeah. No, just do some stuff. Because if, if you're doing what you're doing like this, and you're just going around the circle in our boring old selves, no, let's change it up a bit. Let's change some stuff. Let's get hold of God. We don't know how long we've got an open heaven. We're pushing for one right now. And one of these days, God could just go to Tonga or Samoa or Nui. He's working on there right now. But you know what I mean? I'm going to close on this. Praise Him. Praise Him. For us as a church, I want to make a commitment going into this conference and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, here am I, change me. I want to be changed. I, I want to be different. I want to be changed. You have to start praying. Some of you, us, we find it so hard to get in the, up in the morning. Maybe there's a habit that needs to be changed or pray at night, but pray. Seek Him. Hunger. I'm going to pray that God puts a supernatural hunger in your heart for God this morning. I've got it. I've got it. I've, I've got that. I had it for years, but I've got it. I have a hunger for God. God could take me out of this place tomorrow. I don't think He is, but it could. And I would go just like that at a drop of the hat. Because I, at the end of the day, it's, it, everything, everything that happens, at the end of the day, it's we want to be serving Him. God could take me to heaven tomorrow. I'd be ashamed because I want to see our lives change. I want to see a move of God. But if He did, that's His business. 
That's what He does. Now, we're here for the long haul, but you know, you've got to understand this. You've got to understand that we want God. We want the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want religion. We don't want to compete with other churches. I'm sick of all that stuff. We want Christ, united Christ to the nations. We want Jesus Christ, the hope of glory coming, uniting hearts, building hearts. There has to be a sacrifice. Some of us need to start fasting. Some of us, by the grace of God, have got to get on the top, got to get on top, got to get a vision and get on top of some of those things that bound us. Some of us have got controlling issues major controlling issues and we sit here week after week but I look at your face and there's no glory there's no presence of the Lord there's no joy there's no peace there's no breakthrough and we week after week after week after week we need a we need a move of revival we need a move of repentance coming through the church we have to do this If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.otonga.com. Until next time.